Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. Today is Monday, June 8th. With us on the show, Joe Onisik. I know Joe from Twitter, as I think probably most of y'all do, because he's on there talking about a lot of stuff, has a lot of opinions, invited him on the show, excited to talk to him in real life. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I am um, going to enjoy talking about a lot of stuff with you, too. <laughs> We're going to enjoy having your thoughts. And if y'all want to see a wicked cool photo of him, go to his website, onisik.com, O-N-I-S-I-C-K.com. He's in this like three-piece pinstripe, just chill-looking suit on his motorcycle. Anyway, that's an awesome an shot, awesome, man. How'd you get uh, that? It's an awesome shot. Is, is that your... Twitter profile too. I I think it's a similar profile for Twitter. There, there's also also a secret <laughs> about the pinstripe of that oh. um, of that suit. Yeah, it looks like it's got some words on it. It it does. It's it's uh it, it's it's got some words that just tell people I'm not not very friendly. Just stay back. <laughs> <laughs> That's go. brilliant. Uh, but you've got some good. Uh, where where did I see that? Um, you have some videos. Oh yeah, if you just scroll straight down. Um, you got all kinds of stuff on here around balancing, uh, like proper work-life balance, uh, failure is the key to success. Uh, I love this type of stuff, man. Putting your thoughts out there, getting on YouTube, doing the whole thing. Got some merchandise. Go check it out, y'all. All All right. I'm about to check all that out. I had had not been to your site. Yeah, the merchandise is a bunch of garbage so you don't really need to worry about that um in, in, in 100 honesty uh but the 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 videos I, I need to get back on doing that i love it's it's coaching and mentoring but in mass market fashion right that's all it is yeah. is advice i've found through my career that i give to people one-on-one that people can take off youtube if they want it yeah and you've seen that's some awesome. stuff man you've been in it for over 20 years you've been uh in the u.s marine corps you probably see some stuff there a thing or two probably yeah, see some stuff around leadership right yeah, yeah, you see a lot of a lot of good and bad, and and I've been maybe for I don't know if it's from experience or just from personal. I I learned so much from the wrong situations and the bad experiences, my my own mistakes and others. That um, luckily I've had some really bad leaders teach me some things. <laughs> it's a it's a funny sort of paradoxical claim, but that's something I run into a lot too. I, I prefer to learn from other people's mistakes where possible, but uh, turns out I have plenty of opportunity to make my own as well. That's pretty yeah. cool, though. And there's a good thing there, right? Like when I'm when I for me when I'm in a bad situation, I'm looking for what is the takeaway here? What is it I want to learn? What does I want to change about me to avoid these situations? So it always gives me kind of a bright light at the end of a bad situation to look forward to. Yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, way more purposeful than how I go about it. I think it's wildly mature of you. Yeah. <laughs> that All like? right. Oh, only that though. <laughs> only that. <laughs> Let's get into some tech news here. Um, Tyler, I first want to start with the fact that you started your foray into the virtual reality world this weekend. What do you think? Yeah, you were posting pictures of your kids. Your dad was over. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, dude, tons of fun. I, I It doesn't surprise me that I absolutely love this, but uh, you know me. I'm a frugal guy, so it's like, oh, there's so many zeros after all this stuff. I'm not doing it, but I almost regret waiting as long as I did. Then again, I think this was probably pretty good timing to jump into it, especially with uh, uh, Lucas Fig being so generous as to let me use an, a headset he had laying around. Um, but uh, my my 
graphics processing unit in the uh, Nook that I have is grossly underpowered for all things Oculus Rift, right? So I, I have at my disposal the ability to fake it through two and only two games right now. And um, those two games are Beat Saber, which is amazing, and the kids love it, which is fun. And then Super Hot, which uh, actually John Nicholson had talked to me about probably six months ago. That one's a fun one. When we got off on a on a tangent about uh, VR. And um, what a, I mean, both of them are just such cool games. The Beat Saber, lightsabers in your hand, cutting things in half, like straight out of a Star Wars dream, right? And then um, super hot, you know, time freezes when you're not moving. So it, it feels like you're in the Matrix or, or uh, what, was the, what was the game where bullet time? Why can I not think of it all of a sudden? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ma- uh, Max. Uh, yes, Mad Max. No, not Mad no, Max. Uh, Max something, yeah. Max is totally the, the character's name. <clears throat> yeah. Anyways. It, yeah, it, it, they're, they're super cool. So I really love it. Um, immersive. Uh, like I said, it was it's an Oculus Rift. Uh, you actually had sensors. So I rearranged my office, basically pushed my desk forward. Looks a little awkward, I guess, if you're walking into it. But Max now Payne. I've got a good, I don't That's know, probably six by eight foot um, square that, that I can play in. Nice. And um, uh, it's it's been really cool fun to be immersed in those and yeah of course mistakes have already been made we've knocked a few things off the the desks and workbenches that are around my office and uh, i did manage to punch my wife once already i blame her just kidding it was, was it beat saber fault, i think uh no actually that was uh that was super hot um oh, no. and i i actually punched her right this was not like i moved and whacked her as she came into the box or something I jabbed at a dude in super hot and I, I caught her like right squarely in the leg or something. I, I don't even know where she stepped in to take a picture, I think. And I literally punched forward <laughs> boxing style. Like I, it felt bad. Joe, have you, uh, <laughs> have you done any VR stuff? I have, uh, I guess a few years back, I bought the Oculus Rift. I was living out of a hotel for a year and I bought it and in the hotel room ended up with a a literal bloodbath when I was (laughs) punching robots, caught the corner of a closet and it just caught the knuckle in the wrong spot. And it was, it was messy. The maids thought I'd murdered somebody. Um, I saw you mention that on Twitter. That's, uh, that's pretty funny. funny, I could, I could see it too. Like, holy cow. You have no idea where you are. In, in the physical space. I and thank a, goodness for whatever Oculus calls it, the Guardian or whatever. When yeah, got, but that doesn't so stop it, people, shoot. man. So No, I, no, no. So two it comes up too late. That, yeah, I had a buddy <laughs> over, and he's doing the walk the plank thing, and he gets to the end of the plank, and I say, okay, now jump off the side, right? And I'm thinking, like, he's just going to step off the side. No, he does a four-foot lateral leap into oh, my fireplace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the brick goes right into his shins, and he crumples oh. onto the fireplace. It's terrible. <laughs> And then there's a tennis oh, wow. game. There's like a demo for tennis. And it was his son. He's over and he's like flying side to side. And then one time the, the computer kind of hits the ball off to the side and he goes sprinting right into the window. Oh, and it's my like, oh, geez, okay, gosh. we're done. That's, we're done. Let's that's how out. you have a friend go through plate glass and end up two stories below in your backyard, right? Yeah. Ouch. And that immersion is so good. I remember when I first got the yes. Oculus, there's some, there were originally, I don't know if it's still there, some little like test vr thing that you can see a bunch of different experiences mm-hmm. and it took you through like this dinosaur jungle and this other thing and the last scene i'm standing on the edge of a skyscraper looking down at this virtual city 
and I tried to step off the skyscraper, and my brain would not allow me to do it. Wouldn't allow it? Oh, that's so cool. I actually didn't finish that. You just reminded me that I didn't go through all of that because my audio kept getting screwed up. It kept it. My my computer keeps wanting to go to the Rift audio, but um, it doesn't have the earpieces, um, Hmm. the one that I have. So. I luckily, um, I set my office up for surround sound a long time ago because I'm I'm an audio dork like that. Um, and uh, when I figured out how to get it in, it was like fully immersive sound too, which is cool. Um, but I, I realized I never went back and actually did that intro stuff. And I, I have heard and read some cool things about it. So thanks for reminding me. So uh, Joe, I got to ask: Are you an Android guy or an Apple? fanboy iphone kind of deal <laughs> that is an interesting question i uh I, I abandoned apple a long time ago because i got tired of the itunes lock-in so you're talking a long time ago yeah, like iphone yeah, yeah. one um and so i got tired of all that and then at this point i'm i'm about to switch back because i just love tim cook's stance on privacy um i think that's brilliant nice. and i haven't seen anyone else do it and google definitely doesn't have a privacy stance so no no <laughs> not even close this is accurate not even close <laughs> i think there's a there is a a uh a lawsuit in the news, um, five, was it $5 billion lawsuit against Google for still tracking people even in incognito mode? Oh. Saw that the other week. Nice. Anyway, um, wanted to Way get y'all's take on this. Google. Yeah, wanted to get y'all's uh, take on this bit of news. So Apple just won a patent for what they're calling socially distant group selfies. What? Yes, so you can invite people to an experience where you're all in the same screen to take a photo together. Patents no one ever needed ever for eight, <laughs> right? Bob. <laughs> that's, I'm sorry, that sounds just stupid. But yep. hey, convince me I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, just look at what is popular in the world today and that should convince you that you're wrong. Somebody's going to love oh, that and it's going to be a thing. No, lots of people will love it. You're so right. It just makes me sad. My heart is sad. <laughs> so the You know, you know what? I I got another article. This is a perfect segue into this, which was about audio synthesis and like deep fake audio tech, right? And if if you want to get a feel for just how crazy, awesome and horrifying it is right now, uh, there's a link we'll put in the show notes, but um, it, there's uh, Jay-Z rapping Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire, uh, the Queen of England reciting God Save the Queen from the Sex Pistols, Bill Clinton reciting Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back, and uh, probably one of the more interesting ones is actually a full song in the style of Nirvana, sounding like Nirvana, of a cover of Clint Eastwood by the Gorillaz. None what? of these things were actually recorded. They were all generated by AI, and they sound amazing. Well, I know they do the same thing on the video side. Let's just let an AI take pictures of me and my friends and family and generate a selfie where we're in a group. Because at that point, what's the difference? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but I mean, the good thing about these deep fakes is I can uh, basically write off all the horrible things I've done in my life and say it's just a deep fake. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Brilliant call out. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's not me. Deep fake. (laughs) All right. Um, Let's see. So SpaceX just accomplished something huge, and uh, Elon just alerted his employees via email. He said, okay, here's our next mission. Uh, It's Starship Rocket is a top priority now, right? So they put – they put a couple people back in space. Now they're focused on Starship Rocket, which uh, aims to be fully re- reusable, 
launch as many as 100 people at a time on missions what? to the moon and Mars. Mars. That's there the it is. Step. When the, when SpaceX sends people to Mars, uh, I believe it was eons ago that Elon said that's when he would make SpaceX a public company. And it will probably be the first and probably only time I will regret not having stayed in aerospace and gone to SpaceX as opposed to shifting gears and going into IT. So that, uh, that I, I my eyes are on when they actually ship somebody to Mars because if he follows through on his promise... <laughs> There's, there's going to be a lot of uh, overnight millionaires, I have no doubt. Are you my going? Only, my only concern ahead, there, and it's not my original thought, but I mean, Elon Musk from name into what he's doing is the perfect Bond villain. At what point is he going to show us what his real plan is? <laughs> right? <laughs> that's awesome. Jeez. Oh. He's going to that move would actually to Mars, be really interesting. Be when, when does he take the like the Facebook turn for the worst, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, haha, here I am actually being evil. Fooled you. Yeah, yeah. So we've been sending hundreds of people to the moon for years, and it's a laser. Give me your money. <laughs> That's right. Pointed you back at the Earth. Billion dollars. That's it. You just well, it has it. to be way more than that. He's going to start a war against Earth from Mars, but hold everyone hostage. There it is. Anyway, Shut down all the Teslas. We'll be immobile. Yeah. It's horrible. Oh no! Oh God, he's going to have so much power. It, just wait for it too. Before he actually sends somebody to Mars, he's going to have a robot army company started. And they're going to use holes in the ground to march us into to our own dooms. Damn boring company. <laughs> All right, so I saw this uh, photo on Reddit. There's a um, what is this? A golden eagle taking out a drone. I don't know if y'all saw this. This is on the. Uh... That's it's an old video, isn't it? No, well, it's a photo, right? It just it just it cracked oh, me up that, that apparently that people were funny. training eagles to take down drones, and then they had to yes. end the program because the. The, their um, legs were getting torn up by the blades. Yeah, I'm like, getting duh. I, I remember then... seeing something about that a while ago. It's probably on Reddit. But um, that was my first thought was, what? How? Yeah, have you seen people have like armed issues with their drones? Any of the racing drones or large-scale drones, those things are literally weapons, and they yeah. will tear you up. So I can only imagine how much damage was done to the birds catching those things. Yeah, it's terrible. And then, um, uh, you know, Reddit did its thing, and it uh, it devolved into the Monty Python script, where you've got the African swallows carrying the husks and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. It was the funniest thing. Uh, anyway. The internet is still a fun place. Joe, you but, got anything on your mind in terms of uh, tech news you've seen you want to talk about? I don't know. I was just curious how that surprises you that people are training eagles to take down drones. I mean, what do we train dolphins to hunt mines? Like, we're always trying to abuse animals true. for military purposes. This is not new. Oh, gosh, that reminds me. This would be a perfect thing to go find and take some snippets of. There, There's an article. I want to say it was in, like, Popular Science or something like that a long time ago, or Scientific American, probably the latter, um, about uh, – it was an editorial response, and it was a parent saying something like, how do I keep my seven-year-old from doing inappropriate things on my cell phone when I give it to her, right? And the, the author goes on this tirade about bats with bombs, where there was this whole program, I think it was in like FDR's timeline, where they were strapping explosives to bats and they were trying to train the bats to like fly into enemy areas because they were small and they could kind of do anything. It didn't matter what time of day or night it was. And, and the idea was to like have them inundate, you know, facilities or something and then blow them up. And 
long story short, they were just absolutely impossible to control. So the program cost millions and millions of dollars and resulted in a lot of accidental death and destruction of U.S. property instead of anything that, that the program was originally designed to accomplish with these explosive bats. Of course, the moral of the story being, don't give your seven-year-old a phone if you don't want them to do inappropriate things with phones. And so bats with bombs has always been my thing, but that just reminded me of it, and that's awesome. Well, you just saved me a lot of time <laughs> next month. I guess I can skip the bat plan. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch that one off the list. This is uh... It's a good read, by the way. I will find it. I will hunt it down. And uh, everyone should should read that. Google it. See if you can find it before me. That's, it's always interesting with things like that, that the common sense comes into play way after the money is spent and the deaths have been had. <laughs> yeah. Yes. If, uh, if That's one of those things. I never went back and actually validated whether or not the claims being made for you know what was spent on it and when it was done. It was so well written, I don't even care, right? But if it's real, it, it's hilarious. Actually, it's hilarious anyways, but. See, this is a good year for stories like that. I was just talking to a couple of colleagues on the East Coast, and I was saying, look, in 2020, if, if tomorrow you woke up and the newspaper said that a, a huge earthquake took California, swallowed it, and it's in the ocean, you'd go, yeah, that makes sense. All right, yeah. California's gone. What's next? <laughs> that adds up. Uh, there was a guy I saw. What is his name? Fen Forest? Forest Fen? What is that? Yeah, the million-dollar the, the million yeah. hidden prize that was found. Yeah, so you what? saw that. Did you know about that ahead of time? Yeah, I was watching, uh, maybe it was Reddit, but there's this show where these two like, I, you know, geek guys go through mysteries and, and murders and things like that, and that was one of the mysteries they went through, and they went for a day and tried to hunt it unsuccessfully. Yeah, so, what, was, so what was this? Catch me up, because I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so <clears throat> there's this guy that lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and he's an American art dealer. He's 89 years old. Uh, he pulls in $6 million in revenue a year doing art and artifacts things. And he's gotten into some trouble. There's controversy around the artifacts that he's got, how he has them, if they're real. Um, <laughs> he just showed up one day. He's sold some forged um, paintings and whatnot. Anyway, he was diagnosed with cancer in 1988, I believe it was. And he was like, well, I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to write a book. It's going to have all these clues. There's going to be a poem in it that's going to lead people to where I'm burying a treasure, like a real treasure, right? Like with cool. gold coins and nuggets and jewels and Doubloons. all this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> and he said it's somewhere in the Rocky Mountains, which if you know the Rocky Mountains, it starts in northern New Mexico, tiny, goes all the way up into Canada. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> right? <nothing>. He said, <laughs> he said easy, it's in the U.S. Easy search. It's in easy, the Rocky Mountains. Easy. And five people have died trying to find this thing. He buried it in 2010. Worth it. Buried it in 2010. Uh, wow. I guess this weekend or this past week, there's a guy from uh, the eastern U.S. that found it and sent him a photo. Said, hey, I found it, right? He shared a, a you know clear description okay. of what it looked like and all that kind of stuff, the the weight and, and size and all that. So, so yeah, But he didn't wild. give up where it was, so so it's still like a mystery other people can go solve or die trying yeah that well that's the point right so he said he he, cool. so he wrote a book um called it was like the uh, the adventure i can't find it or I, I don't remember off the top of my head but he wrote a book that was about it and it also featured a bunch of stories from his life right because again he was he thought he was going to die and so he was planning this to just kind of be his sort of last hurrah where people would read stories about him and he could start a quote-unquote fun thing for 
for people to go do and find. So yeah, and he wasn't really just cool. like an antiquities dealer the way you'd think about like some suit in an art museum. He was they they say that he was part of the basis for Indiana Jones. He was like a real deal archaeologist. Oh wow, yeah, that's cool. It gives you like a totally different mental image of what this guy probably like. That was the brilliant. <laughs> yeah, apparent, description. That's apparently cool. I have a stereotype of, of art dealers because I was just pict picturing this frail little guy in a freaking expensive suit right. in the back room of a basement. Right. Yeah, no, I am not going to lie. It was something similar. <laughs> but, that's uh, funny. Oh, The Thrill of the Chase, a memoir. A collection of short oh, cool. stories from his life uh, describes a treasure chest. A treasure like super chest advanced geocaching. That's that's neat. That's <laughs> yeah. a neat. It is a neat concept in general. That one's obviously very cool and pretty clever idea on his part too. I know if that you know if he's being honest about it wanting or it initially supposing to be for like legacy purposes, great. But then I can't. I wonder how many books he's sold and how much money he's made off of selling those books. Right. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. So one of y'all said something about um, I guess something uh, being. Uh, not real or possibly not real or uh, whatever. Yeah, that was my bats of bombs. Didn't go back in actually. That's right, that's right. And so spent that money. There were people that were thinking, yeah, this guy's just making this up, right? This is just a, it's just a big ruse or whatever to to sell books and whatnot. So he caught a lot of flack for that, but uh, apparently, the guy just found it. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, when I do it, it's definitely going to be a ruse, just to let you two know in advance. <laughs> Dude, just okay. Heads up. You heard it heads here, up. folks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anybody else though. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> oh man, mum's the word. All right, what else? What else is in the news? Let's see here. Uh, what you got? What did I see? Oh yeah, jumping back to uh, VR a bit. Um, I was actually looking into some stuff, and Wired actually has a guide to VR. Um, an article that that they recently published, um, and I thought it was neat because it actually goes back into the history of AR a little bit. And there were a couple of snippets that I got out of there that I thought were interesting. Um, the first of which was. The first time virtual reality was actually coined was by a playwright, uh, Antonio Arud, Arad, in an essay in 1933, which is, uh, that's always, it's always fun for me to sort of see where in history yeah. this first concept, you know, it, it just makes me think of all the, um, you know, science fiction that ends up becoming real, if you will. Um, and then a 20 year old college dropout, a uh, guy's name, Jerome Lanier, uh, actually dubbed um, virtual reality in the 80s and brought the first commercial device to the public at, at $350,000 with a setup. So it wasn't very approachable. Yeah. But get this. I'm bringing time travel called... to the market for $2 million. <laughs> yes, no, wait, that's not exactly. big enough. That's not enough. There's got to <laughs> <No>, be. <laughs> right. There's too small of a gap there. That's funny. His first device was called the iPhone, EYE phone. No joke. So I thought that was pretty funny. I got a kick out of it. But the article is a really good read and it explains the background and it definitely sort of uh, breaks out AR, uh, you know, augmented reality versus virtual reality and then chases down the virtual reality path for sure. But another cool thing, because um, I'm only just now getting into this, is that they kind of get towards the future on the future side. And of course, there's a gajillion ways this can go. I think a lot of it we've already talked about. But there's some speculation that Apple will actually have its first foray into virtual reality this year as well. So we've talked about the glasses and the, the release of the augmented reality system, but that's neat because it brings another major player, obviously big dollars into the VR space where um, at least it looks like on the surface, the 
the biggest players for readily available consumer stuff are HTC with their Vive product, and then um, of course Oculus or Facebook with Oculus. And um, uh, HTC actually has four four devices that are coming out this year. I think one or two of them are already out: the Cosmos and Cosmos Elite, Elite perhaps. But I didn't know that they have an XR headset, so a, a, a mixed reality headset that actually has pass-through cameras as well that is slated to come out in 2020. Um, and, and I thought that was cool. And then they've got a Play version, which I, it sounds like they like the Oculus Go, right? Which is, isn't that what you have, Buley? I have the Quest. Quest, Quest. Yeah. That's, it sounds like it's that. So it's, the, it's a lower end. It's got the sensors sort of embedded in it. Anyways, I, I just I didn't know that they were releasing a bunch of stuff this year. And uh, the XR headset sounds really interesting. Um, the AR general, stuff but. is really interesting to me. I, I love the, the AR stuff for a few reasons. One, just the, the possibility of improving human life as long as we can keep mm-hmm. privacy concerns at bay. Um, but also VR to me, the, so for just personally, VR, I, I can't use it often. Um, so I've got PTSD, and so putting on VR and completely leaving the environment I'm in makes my skin crawl unless I know my oh, house is completely bolted down oh, and no one yeah. else is here. Uh, so it's rare that I have the opportunity to use VR because it's too immersive. That's actually That's really wild. interesting as not not only just on the surface, like from a psychological perspective. Sorry about that, by the way. It doesn't sound fun. Um, but I, I read part of this article and I don't think we brought it up. But one of the things that's actually discussed in that Wired article that I was talking about is um, they're using VR to treat PTSD. Uh, and obviously that must be circumstantial. It depends on. Uh, what what the conditions are too um, but i'd be really curious if you get the chance to go read that article and your take on it right because that obviously is kind of the polar opposite you're not going to use vr to treat something if that's what puts you into the situation where your mind is reeling right yeah and i would think it depend. I, and i would assume there's probably some other things that people have hang-ups of different sorts mm-hmm. or conditions that would cause the same issue as, as this does for me but in that environment i could see it as long as you for me it's it's the um it's the I guess the hypervigilance, right? So it's the, it's, yeah. I need to know everything around me at any given time. If they put me in a Makes clinical sense. environment where it's safe, protected, and I know there's nothing yeah, dangerous around me for the purpose of treatment, then that would probably be a different situation. Yeah, that I makes think, sense. That Tyler, what you, sense. what you might be talking about is people that may have like a fear of spiders or something, right? And then they can go into virtual reality and start to get, start to approach one that's not real. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe but I mean, it specifically calls out PTSD treatment. Oh, I, again, okay. I need to go back and read it, but no, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't random phobias. It's actually PTSD. And I think it was oh, okay, aimed sorry. at uh, ex-military as well. So I need to reread it. We don't have to do it here, but uh, maybe Joe, if you get the chance to poke into it, we'll have you back on. You can talk about it a little bit more if you're comfortable doing so. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to read it. I, I think that all that stuff's interesting and they're finding uh, one of the things they're finding with PTSD is a lot of the traditional treatment methodologies and thinking doesn't work effectively for PTSD the way they would have made assumptions on. So they're trying all kinds of new things. Yeah, well, I hope it's successful then because I I know from plenty of friends and colleagues alike that have been in situations, oftentimes, you know, military service, right? Um, they There are lasting effects, so it would be great if we found out ways to treat that, treat it effectively, especially if it's approachable, right? Well, yeah, and it's not just a military disease. I mean, you look, you look, there's going to yeah, be people coming true. out of these protests with PTSD and people oh, come absolutely. out of 2020 with PTSD, so it's beneficial to everybody. Yeah, that that's actually a really good point because it's often something we don't like to talk about, and I think some of that is unfortunately probably related to the insurance industry as well. Um, it if If you have lasting 
mental anguish from an event, then that was not a pre-existing condition. It was while you were insured. There's there's all sorts of issues associated with that. But I, I think you're right that there's a lot of there are a lot of situations that result in those kinds of outcomes that we just we just don't touch. Like, nope, pole's not long enough. Don't don't want to get into that. Yeah, but absolutely. Maybe if if treatment is easier and more effective, then it will be something. It's like, okay, we now acknowledge that all of those things were terrible, and this is real, and we're going to because we have a way to treat it. That's, that's all so interesting, especially when you talk about insurance. Like there's there's some stories back in the early days um, with alcoholism being pushed into being becoming a disease. Even that was pushed into becoming a disease so that it had to be covered by insurance for yeah. treatment. Hmm. Now that, that language ends up being really important. And I, I don't want to put on a tinfoil hat and go down that route yeah. today. But in general, like I, I do think I do think that stuff comes up a lot. Right the institutionalized side of certain stuff is part of the reason that we don't like to discuss certain topics broadly. They do a very good job of keeping it quiet because it has financial ramifications that are dramatic, right? I mean, it probably fits. I wish you'd have told me to take the tinfoil hat off before we got on the podcast. You can do it now. Hey, okay. you do you, Joe. Whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever. You put Tangentially it, you put related uh, with what you guys are talking about, um, I saw this interesting article out of The Guardian it says UK could class loot boxes. So we're talking about video games now. Loot boxes as gambling yes, to protect children. I've seen this before, and I yeah. hope that it happens. Because Where do y'all stand I, on that? You say you hope it I happens? I won't introduce my kids to games that have loot boxes, ever. Okay. Uh, they, I'm sure they will run into it on their own. I will not do it. I think loot boxes are garbage. I think the play or pay to win stuff is garbage. I don't need it in my life. I certainly don't need it in my seven-year-old's life. Yeah. Where do you, where do you stand on it, Joe? I, I agree with that. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm a grown, grown man. I mean, I, that would be arguable, but for most instances, I'm a grown man and I forget which freemium game I played. At least in your physical appearance. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and there was some silly freemium game I played a couple of years ago that I was about $500 into before I realized what I was doing. Oh and and that's, yeah. you look at that with a kid and that's just not fair. No, yeah. no, it's not. It's not just not fair. I think it's wrong. And yeah. this is another perfect example coming off of what we were just talking about: institutional money, gaming industry, and and other platforms that stand to rake in lots of dough from that stuff, have prevented any kind of regulation for something that very likely is gambling. And by that, I mean designed to make kids, in particular, spend money on it. That's pretty messed up. Yeah. And I mean, I'm an old hermit, so I mean, you're not going to be surprised when I say I miss paying $50 for a video game that I could plug in and play <laughs> without without paying again or downloading 60 petabytes. Right. <laughs> right. Breaking the internet when it gets updated. <laughs> I turn on my PlayStation once every three months and turn it off two days later when it's done updating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that reminds me. I've got an Xbox that I bought from Russ, I think. And I haven't turned it on for a year. Oh, man. Yeah. Eight and a half gigs, at least, just for <laughs> at system least. updates. I bet it's more than that. Uh, hopefully, there's not like a, a, hopefully, there's a jump of an update as opposed to like 18 sync or uh, uh, serial updates, right? Sure. Yeah. I have just to that thing plugged in for six months. Just, just ship it to the playable. office and have somebody plug it in for you. <laughs> so you I saw, I've, I've seen a bunch of uh, PS5 news, but I don't really follow playstation um joe you mentioned i guess the ps4 do you have you followed anything on the ps5 do you have any opinions on it do you know anything about it 
I saw that it was supposed to be released later this year. I don't follow too closely. When it comes out, I'll probably grab it just because I need an upgrade on my system anyway. Sure. Well, let me see if any of this resonates with you. So I don't have a PS4, but there's an article here. Tech Radar just came out three hours ago. said five things the PS5 must improve over the PS4. See if you agree with these. But number one, the build quality and battery life of the controller. Do you agree on that? I Yeah, battery life, I guess I could say. But um, build quality, I haven't had many issues with. Yeah, that one surprised me. I don't they throw those things sturdy. around, though, so maybe they that's haven't... me. <laughs> you, um, you don't throw them? Is that what you said? Exactly. <laughs> well, where's the fun in that? <laughs> it looks like there's a little mini screen on the PS5 controller. Oh, no, that's the PS4 controller. That's weird. I didn't know they had that. Everything needs a screen. That's so weird. Okay, uh, number two, the noise level of the console. Oh, like like fan noise? Yeah, I guess the PS4 has been crazy loud, quote unquote. It sounds like an, a jet engine taking off, and the P, uh, the Xbox One is uh, whisper quiet. It's uh, it's it's in my entertainment console where I expect things to be as noisy as they need to be, so it's never bothered me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So Maybe with you on that. need to lower like, their expectations. Yeah, yeah, it's it's only loud because it's doing cool things. The quiet version can't do all the cool things. It needs to be Pick the size of a piece of notebook paper. It needs to cost two dollars, <laughs> and it needs to be able to process graphics infinitely fast. <laughs> Quietly. <laughs> and make me a sandwich. Oh, uh, you know what's really funny about that? Uh, because the, the this Oculus setup, the one that uh, Lucas is letting me borrow right um my my sad sad gpu uh spurred me to actually go spend some money on a new gpu so i'm i'm testing an e testing i bought it it's it's mine forever now an e-gpu whatever setup. it's in so your poc lab GPU. tyler what i said whatever it's in your poc lab yeah which whatever. is my office it's Sorry, bloody hot in here <laughs> it's good it's about to get a lot worse anyways i have a nook i got that nook because of its small form factor it's very very tiny right which is nice and that's i felt like that's where i was in my compute life but it turns out i was wrong thanks vr um <laughs> the, the enclosure that i got uh is what it's from what's the name of the company it's the razor right so it, and it's a it's a great looking or uh, enclosure exclosure what do you even call that enclosure, enclosure for an external gpu um Exclusive. it's huge it's it's at least i don't know six five six times the size of my nook nook just for the gpu and i was like well i just threw away all the small form factor stuff <laughs> I'm, I'm seriously considering tunneling through the wall to hook it up across thunderbolt and putting that thing in my closet which is on the other side of my office wall just to not have it in here <laughs> it is that, it is huge that is ridiculous and it's probably gonna be very loud and very hot all right, speaking of loud and hot, let's uh, finish this list. Uh, so number one, build quality and battery life of the controller. Number two, noise level of the console. Number three, cross-play and cross-save support. Uh, so I guess Cross between, what? PC, between PC, PC, PS4. Games? Yeah, it, it, okay. you want to, I guess apparently you want to get on your PC and play Fortnite and jump over to your PS5 and pick up where you left off. I don't know. People play Fortnite on a PS5. Aren't those like fifteen hundred dollar systems? Can't you do? Can't you play Fortnite on your phone? No. I'm sorry, so, I'm clearly out of touch there. Yeah, PS fives aren't fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> first of all, they're like four hundred bucks. <laughs> yes, you can play Fortnite on your mobile phone, but it's not the same. Oh come on, uh, you don't know. 
And I, I don't know. <laughs> Joe, where do you stand on cross-play and cross-save and all that kind of stuff? I'm big on cross-compatibility anywhere. That would be my biggest hang-up between all of the, the game systems. It it sucks. I mean, so my, yeah. my life with video games, you can predict what's going on with Joe's life based on a release of Legend of Zelda. Every major Legend of Zelda release, I've quit the job that I have for other reasons and then just sat on my couch and disappeared into Zelda for like three weeks before before That's looking awesome. for a new job. Um, so Love I hate it. the fact that I have to buy the latest Nintendo platform to yeah. play the game I want to play. Yeah. Well, and so that leads to number four, proper backwards compatibility. So apparently mm. the PS4 and Xbox One launched initially with no backwards compatibility support. And then Microsoft came out bringing back hundreds of Xbox 360 games. And they're saying, hey, let's do this with the PS5. It sounds like they've promised it, but we haven't seen anything. That reminds Does me that of a little you? snippet of news about the uh, leaking of Xbox, original Xbox source code. Um, I, I haven't seen anything yet, but I'm expecting emulators to like go through the roof on that stuff. Your phone should be able to process Xbox One games from a pure compute capacity perspective, but without the kernel, the inefficiencies are off the charts, so it doesn't really work well. That'll be cool. But yeah, Joe, is that is that important? I don't know. I'm trying to think. So, like, I have these beloved games of the past, like Final Fantasy VII. That was, you know, my there favorite game of all time. And I've gone back to try and pl play them even on their own console, and I just can't. So I don't really care about old games. They're just – they're old for a reason. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Jonas Rosalind is actually going to join us. Um, we, we moved him out. He, uh, he had a conflict. Um, earlier, uh, but that would have been in stark contrast, I think, to his perspective on games. He's a huge retro gaming fanatic, so we should put you I, guys in a room. You can fight it out. I don't know why I'm such a curmudgeon on that. Same with old movies. Like, it could be my favorite movie of all yeah. time, and I can't watch it again because it's just too slow or whatever yeah. it is that, that we don't do no. with modern movies. I have the same problem. Whatever part of your brain is doing that, I must, I must have the same affliction because as much as my nostalgia is high, like I pull those things out and I'm like, yep, that's how I remember it. Um, yeah. Only not at all because it's slow and gross looking. So I'm done. Yeah, I don't remember them being as terrible from a graphics perspective. <laughs> Whenever I fire them up again, I'm like, wait, what? I was what? clamoring for the N64 for this garbage, <laughs> you right? know? Right. Uh, that's what 16-bit looks like again. Okay. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Right? Well, and I, I put on an old movie for my kids the other day. And in the olden days, quote unquote, they ran all the credits at the beginning. And my kids are like, where'd the movie go? What's <laughs> right? happening? You know, Is like, it I don't know already? If, <laughs> right. I don't know if y'all remember that, but like maybe it was in the that's 90s hot. or so the movies would just start getting right into it. And you're like, whoa, this is awesome, you know? And then <laughs> the, the title of the movie would maybe hit like three minutes into the movie. Nowadays, sometimes the title doesn't hit until the movie's over. Like you watch the whole thing and then you see the movie, or then you see the movie title and credits and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like yeah. The, they did, they kind of introduced all the characters and stuff like that at the beginning. And then they, yeah, they dropped no, the they were telling the you the set designers, they were telling costume wow, designers, yeah, okay. you know, makeup artists. They still all do the scrolling at the right end, of the though, right? No, no. No, they, they didn't have it at all. I don't movies, remember that. All at the beginning. Cool. And even the storyline's a lot slower now. So it used to be there'd be this build up and the rest, and the story itself would start 35, 40 minutes into the movie. Now, 35, 40 minutes in the movie, you're like 90% done with the story and just watching things play out. <laughs> yes, that's true. You got to figure it out. Catch up, sucker. Okay, number five. <laughs> We're going to finish this list. PlayStation <laughs> Now isn't tempting enough. I don't even know PlayStation Now. What does that mean? 
that's i guess it's like the xbox game pass for microsoft you know subscription thing whatever it's not like but, necessary do they still do a free it's, it's not tempting enough so, or something like that well it, it sounds like it's getting uh games like you, you have a monthly subscription you oh oh you go game kind of game pass i got it not yeah. not just live but actually a, an access to games yeah never never thought about using that so no idea <laughs> this is my first time ever hearing the words playstation now so yeah i didn't know that was a thing yeah apparently it doesn't have that much of a an impact Ouch. okay well, that's the well, list i wonder so what's the what's the deal is it just you don't have access to enough games i mean i get it some people subscription play what you want whenever you want and then well, kill it later so it right? complains yeah it complains that the streaming platform has had problems with pricing um and a, basically less than average library of games oh so it, yeah it's just well not. i guess that makes sense i guess all the other game developers you still have to negotiate that so the platform uh, that's interesting that they can't work that out or didn't work that out but i'm guessing that they just don't have great relationships with the developers then uh the game developers right yeah sounds like it's 100 bucks a month to play tetris or something it's just not, not there pinball what a bargain right <laughs> that's a good deal <laughs> all right we should probably shut it down. We're 40 minutes into this. That's, oh, but uh, it's fun. We're having that's fun. That's where we're at. <laughs> and uh, Joe, man, it was really cool to, uh, to actually talk to you rather than just, you know, keyboard back and forth on, on the Twitters. Yeah, so I enjoyed it immensely. Us. Yeah, it was tons of fun. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. This this was uh, a good conversation. I rather enjoyed it. So Anything else you brings... want to plug? Sorry. Oh, dude. yeah. Any, you got anything, anything else you want to plug? No, just don't buy my merchandise. It's garbage. <laughs> That's awesome. It's like an anti-plug. That's unusual. And on that note, that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. We hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. And as always, if you've got news we missed, general feedback or the urge to join us for a recording and lots of fun technology or whatever it is that you're excited about that week, that day, hit us up on LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, find us wherever you know you can and uh, give us a shout. I hope you enjoyed the listen. Thank you for subscribing. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye, Joe. Later. Later.